Welcome to Beating Cancer Daily. Beating stage four cancer for 30 years still takes my breath away every time I say it. I'm Saren, founder of the Comedy Cures Foundation, and I hope you'll join me for just a few minutes daily for the next 365 days so we may laugh, learn, maybe cry a little as we live our best days beating cancer daily together. What I love about this podcast is that I get to check in with a very funny comedian who has just been through her cancer journey and is coming out the other side of all this treatment. And if you haven't heard Missy Hall's episodes, you really need to go back and listen to her very first episode right when she's diagnosed and take this journey with us because it is certainly riveting and vulnerable and funny and very authentic. So today I get to bring back to Beating Cancer Daily our very, very wonderful friend and great comedian, Missy Hall, and breast cancer survivor. Woohoo! I love hearing that word at the end of breast cancer survivor. Yeah. yeah. Thank it's- you. I'm happy. I'm so happy to be here. But also thank you for using that word. I'm just so honored and blessed that you come back every week and that you share your journey with us. I mean, it's just such a gift to to each and every one of us listening. So yes, breast cancer survivor and comedian, Missy Hall. Hello, I'm I'm so thrilled to be here. And if, when you said the ongoing journey coming back weekly, I realized this is the rest of my life. This is everything from here on out reflects back to that moment where they said you have cancer and even now that it's not in my body. And like I said, hearing you say that word survivor feels really good. This is still out there, right? It's still out there and it's still part of what I will always want to kind of nurture people through forever. I know from the beginning, you just always saw bigger vision for yourself in the cancer world versus just being one and done here that you felt that you could use your platform as a comedian and also as an extrovert to really help other people. And it was interesting because we were texting about recording today and you told me that you were at your bone scan and you wrote back that, wow, all my medical visits going forward are going to be done through this lens of my cancer story. And that really resonated for me because it's true. Every time you go into a doctor's office, you're going to reference this part of your life and you're going to be vigilant, right? Yes. Yes. Before the only thing that I would have to open my mouth and immediately report was an allergy to penicillin and adhesives. Right? <laughs> That's all I had to say. Now, everything 
if it's not a cancer appointment, it has to come up right away. It's like, hey, I'm Misty, breast cancer. It's every single thing from here on out. Even the dentist needs to know. Yeah, because there is some impact on dental hygiene gums once you've been through radiation and and other cancer treatments. So that is true. How are your gums doing? Good. I have been more vigilant really about all of my body parts at this point. So I have been flossing. <laughs> I I feel like a car that's being detailed. <laughs> you know, I keep going through every every system. I'm like, am I taking the best care of my teeth? Yeah. And my gums do bleed a little bit more, but it might also be that I'm new to flossing every day because it just, and for a couple of months, I was so focused on just cancer treatment directly that I wasn't thinking about all the, I'm picturing sunburst effects around it. Like you have to think about your teeth and all of that. Yeah. No, dental hygiene is so important. If you are listening and you have not really focused on your dental hygiene and you are going through treatment or you've just gotten through it, or as a survivor, really pay attention because you're more prone to gum recession and and weakenings. And so it's really, it's really important that dental health become a focus of your survivorship. And I am telling you, when I was diagnosed with stage four, nobody cared about anything about my health except for trying to beat the cancer. And so things could have been going off in every which direction and it just really wasn't focused on. And that's why I think the second research study that I did with Jackie Bryan is going to be such a pivotal study in the cancer world when the findings come out. Or if you're listening to this and they've already come out, you should check them out because we really help you look at all the different aspects of your health other than your cancer because my experience was that I had to keep all the other parts of my body really healthy so that I could wait for the next big cancer discovery and I didn't lose to another issue, right? My health didn't deteriorate greatly to another issue while I was waiting to figure out how we were going to tackle this cancer. So I also remember, Missy, being in a waiting room and someone saying, are you the breast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) And I told that story before, but just to hearken back, to what you said, there is this trap where you could be identified solely by that cancer or by that organ. And there is part of it that does trail us, even though you try to shake it off and move away from it. It's a reality. It is an imprint on on our wellness history. It is absolutely an imprint. And in ways, that I'm a little bit grateful for because I feel like everybody who's on on a care team is just paying a little bit more attention, right? It's like, okay, everybody's like, okay, well, I think I had mentioned before I went in with some swelling and soreness under an armpit. And 
even though they were like, it's probably nothing, but we're going to send you in for an ultrasound. Like once that diagnosis has been made, so far, my experience is nobody plays around with anything, which I think for me emotionally and psychologically is a little bit of a relief. Um, I don't know how long that will last. I don't know if I'll get used to going from thinking everything's a big deal to nothing's a big deal. I don't know what that's like. It's interesting because for me, I'm I'm 21 years out since I'm clean, 24 years out since I started treatment and 30 years since I was misdiagnosed. And now nothing is a big deal to me. I mean, and I'm not saying that's the right way. I'm probably way off to the other side. Whereas everybody in my family feels like a hypochondriac at this point. Okay. (laughs) A broken toenail. Okay. We'll deal with it. It's okay. We got it. We got it. But I'm probably way off to the other extreme. And I don't think that's good. I really think you have to super pay attention. I am really in tune with my body. And I think that's a blessing that cancer can give you when you've survived this. You become so aware of each little thing that you're like, no, that's a big change. I need to get that looked at. I really need to get that looked at. Yes. When I get aches and pains, that were the same ones that I had before cancer. I automatically are, I'm like, okay, well, that's nothing new. If it's not new, it doesn't scare me, which then cracks me up because I never felt my cancer. It wasn't like, you know, but now I'm like, I have a headache. It's my normal headache. Things like that, I, you know, you always bounce back to it. But I'm also finding that things that I forgot about when I was diagnosed where like the year before my cholesterol is borderline high. And I thought I, I still need to pay attention to all of those things. Now, fortunately, and thanks in really a huge part to this podcast and listening to you and just talking with food and realizing that the whole body needs certain nutrients for certain cells, blah, 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 blah. That is almost taking care of itself. When I was just trying to battle cancer, it's also for wellness in general and will probably tamp down any other issues. But in my head, Sarah, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, the the blood pressure, the the cholesterol, I forgot to worry about those. Yeah. It's a feeling. I, I can't wait to tell Jackie, that you really love and listen to her episodes and that you're really using them the way she and I really hoped that somebody would use all that information just to keep your mind, body, and spirit so strong. So thank you for that shout out for Jackie and and for anyone that hasn't heard every Jackie Bryan episode, you got to do that. So, you know, I was thinking about something. I think it's really important in survivorship to know your mind, body, and spirit, to do these check-ins that I've mentioned in other episodes. And quite frequently, now they're just so normal for me to do, but you do this mind, body, spirit scan 
and you do it quite frequently. So you know where you are in your healing process and in your survivorship or in your treatment. And when something is off, you don't let it fester. You really do check up and you find out what's going on. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm just trying to say that it's better to get it checked out than not get checked out. I usually observe something first to see if it's fleeting. Could have just been one long car ride. I could have exercised wrong. I mean, I, I really try to check in with my body. And I think for you as a new survivor, this is a regimen. You should really space them out so it doesn't become crazy, like managing your overall health. But just get a health plan and say, I'm going to make sure that my cholesterol is right. I'm going to make sure that my sugar is at a proper level. I want to make sure that my heart is doing what it needs to be doing, not impacted by with radiation, et cetera, et cetera. Like just create a little blueprint and make sure that every year you do those basic visits and then you do your your diligence on your breast cancer scans and and exams and like then just go have the best quality of life possible. Yes, I have been letting myself remember and lock into the fact that information is power when it comes to cancer, when it comes to other health issues. It doesn't have to be terrifying. It's scarier to not know versus to have the information so you know what you can do with it. And that one thing is information is power, takes the emotion out of it for me. Oh, I've got to go see if something's wrong or let me get some information about this part. But that hasn't come easily. Like I've been having to really coax myself into thinking that. And I'm training my brain to act in a completely different way than I ever let it before. I hear both. I hear people who say that I am so obsessed, hypervigilant now, like it's all I can think about. Am I going to have a recurrence? And then I hear people say that I didn't know anything the first time. I don't see anything different now. I don't know if I would know again. So I hear all aspects of it. I really do. And I just think each person is so individual and you have to do what's going to bring you the most comfort. I will say that when I was diagnosed the second time, I actually felt relief because I knew something was still wrong. And I was just so happy that they were finally going to pay attention to my instinct and give me an action plan and we could get to work on beating the cancer again. And the comfort came from the fact that I knew that I already could beat it once. So it was like, okay, I know what this drill is. Let's get it. Let's go get it this time. So it's so personal. I think that's what people don't realize is that there is no right or wrong and that where you are is exactly where you are. And if people can use this podcast just to pick up tips along the way so that they can expand 
their repertoire of how you really deal with this crazy situation and try these different strategies that Missy and I do and just find what's right for you. It's so true. Before my diagnosis, first of all, I only knew bits of information about cancer. And when I'm finding out different types and talking to different people and hearing different numbers, I am finding that no matter where I am, I will overhear the word cancer. If I am at the pharmacy picking up a prescription, I will hear somebody go, well, so-and-so has cancer, like into their cell phone. When I went into the hospital for my bone scan yesterday, somebody walking by was saying she has stage four cancer. And I'm like, do I have this new weird antenna that's scoping in this word? And it honestly makes my heart just ache for somebody who's feeling alone, who might be so scared of the word, who isn't comfortable at talking about it or expressing it. I I feel like saying to anybody I meet, like, are you hearing this word everywhere you go to? Like, are you, you don't even have to answer, but just, I want somebody in the world to know that I'm hearing it everywhere now. And I, I'm sure that that's, common but like how weird is that i've gone my whole life not hearing that word at least three times a day and now i do everywhere i go it's so true and look some people are gonna feel like you do like i do that they have an an honor not an obligation but like a real honor to help others through the process And there are going to be people who never, ever want to say the word again. They don't want to help anybody because they want to just move forward. And it's not being selfish. They just want to let it go. And so wherever you are in that spectrum is fine because that's what you need to heal and move forward. But I agree with you and I will just stop and say, Go to the Comedy Cures Foundation, send me a note, and we'll make sure that you know what the programs are and just join our community and be part of this support system. It happened so many times yesterday. I don't know what was in the air because you had it happen too, but business meetings I had, phone calls I got, just people who had heard about what we're doing and just wanted to be part of it. And the amount of people who are living with stage three and stage four cancer who have contacted me because of this podcast, Beating Cancer Daily, asking if they can volunteer just like you did. And you volunteered before you even got cancer. (laughs) But just this thought that people just really want to give back to others in this situation. We had one lady help through cancer. She actually went through patient navigation training. And thank God we helped her through stage three cancer. She's cancer free for many years now. And she went to a major hospital and learned how to be a patient navigator and is an official patient navigator with training. So I'm just always amazed at how it opens up a whole new pathway. And I believe that we are here to repair the world. 
I believe that each one of us has a unique mission that we're supposed to fulfill here. And my unique mission was starting Comedy Cures and doing this research and this podcast and just bringing joy to so many people through the portal of comedy. Now I look at it and I'm like, okay, so I had to go through all that cancer treatment, but it gave me an insight into this service that is extraordinary. And I would never have the power to do what I do if I hadn't had that experience first. And I don't want anybody to get cancer just to have a reason (laughs) to repair the world and have service. But I really think we are. And, And if you can tap into that without even getting cancer, God bless you. But Missy, I look at how you've heightened your ability to serve even beyond all the fundraisers you used to do as a comedian now that you have been on this path? It changes the way that you feel the world. And I didn't get that before. How could I? You can't get that. There are some things that you truly do have to experience to understand the secret unfortunate club, right? But one of the images that has, that keeps coming into my mind years ago, I'd read this study about trees. And of course, trees have these elaborate root systems. But did you know that those roots of a tree can reach out to another tree that they are not even physically connected to and actually help another tree that's in trouble? Now, granted, a scientist could explain that in a far more eloquent and elaborate way, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's science. I mean, it actually happens. And I believe that if trees can do it and are doing it without knowing it, we're the same. Yeah. I, I was on a lake this week and there were loons and I'd never heard about loons before but I actually bought a children's book on loons. <laughs> I was just so fascinated by them. And so I was in this very still cabin and I love the silence of the night. I, everyone knows I'm a night owl. And I started focusing on the loons and I know they were having full conversations. They were chatting away across this massive lake I know they were saying things back and forth. It was almost like I could dictate or narrate what the <laughs> conversation was. And and I started making up their conversation in my head just because I thought it was funny. But trees do the same thing. They have a communication system that they have shown, scientists have shown. And I think it's similar in cancer. I think once you've had cancer, you could communicate with another patient or survivor in a nonverbal and verbal way that is so different from any communication you could have with somebody that doesn't doesn't know what this journey is. I mean, you and I speak in shorthand now. Yes. Yes. And I remember years ago, I thought the thing that, you know, the great life event that changed how I interacted with the world was becoming a mother. I thought that was the thing. This is even more profound 
And we're not going to tell your daughter that. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's like six years of therapy right there. Okay. Meaning not from (laughs) Harley, if you're listening, mommy loves you more than anything, (laughs) but that secret, sacred communication is bigger. It's bigger. And I I don't know about you, but when you were talking about the fact that none of Comedy Cures, none of what you have done going forward with your life would have been the way it is without cancer, I can honestly tell you that even though my cancer was just diagnosed officially February 2nd of 2023, I can already tell you that I wouldn't go back as horrible and terrifying and scare all of it. The gifts and shifts that that diagnosis and the treatment and all that comes with it bring are are immense. I say the same thing, Missy. I've said it since 1999. And people tell me sometimes that I'm full of it. And and I agree with you. I, I think I was a good person before. I think I had a great life before. But I get up every day loving what I do. Absolutely loving what I do. And it's not easy. There are people who say, I don't know how you talk about health and and cancer, morning, noon, and night. Like, it's just like, oh, how do you do it? I feel so honored. It's interesting. Last night at this dinner, I had a dinner with people who give, who give out a very big award. And we were just talking. And I said to them, if I never did it on a public scale, if all of the public part of this went away, And I just walked into a cancer ward and I sat in an infusion center and just sat down with one cancer patient and could bring the knowledge that I have and the hope and the play and the humor that I have to one person. To me, that's a world. And I would just go do that without this big platform that the world has very graciously given me. I would just go help one person and I would go home and sleep with great comfort and joy and happiness that I could really impact the life of one human being. So I I agree with you completely. And I know that you might be listening to this and you might be in a lot of pain and a lot of nausea and a lot of fear and not be able to get to where we are. And that's okay. Like this is a very unique perspective. And if you're not there yet, or you never get there, you're okay too. It's, it's just a different place in your being that I've observed. It's letting go of the physical world and operating a little more in a vibrational space that allows you to see this more as a blessing 
than a curse. And it doesn't mean that anyone's guaranteed more days or less days based on how they feel about this. You could have hated every second of this cancer experience and feel that it is terrible and awful and live many, many years. Or you could think the way Missy and I feel about this and have this perspective and go very fast. It, there's no guarantee on which way you process this. And the way we think about it might come with time. I mean, there's that famous quote that comedy is tragedy plus time. I think it's Carol Burnett. And it could just be time and space. For me, maybe for Missy, she hasn't had that much time and space with this, but it came to her faster. Maybe it's because she's getting to talk about this in such an honest way every week on the podcast that she's getting a different perspective, or maybe it's just your faith, Missy. I think it's both. I I know that faith has been carrying me and honestly lining things up long before my diagnosis. Just I could go on for hours about things that you might say are coincidences that before I got my diagnosis, I know they are what made it so that it was found early. So the faith, so I've been able to lean into that and I feel it lift me, but also being able to process this as a comedian has been incredibly helpful because I have the wonderful opportunity to say things that are ridiculous right? I can have a microphone in my hand and just say the most absurd, ridiculous thing that a lot of people don't have the luxury of getting to do at if you are working in an office or if you are home with loved ones that are just concerned about you and feeling very solemn. I get to just blurt out ridiculous things that shock people into laughing. Can you think of an example without putting you on the spot? Oh, yeah, no problem. When just announcing that you have cancer from a comedy stage where I was talking about an invasive dermatology appointment where he was looking under my under my breast and it was talking about dark spots due to aging and everybody's laughing. And I'm like, well, it turns out my skin was fine, but I do have breast cancer. And I was able to just say that and then go into jokes about that, but then also insert some things about the feelings that I had when I went through it and encouraging everybody to get checked. You know, it's interesting because I am sure our listeners all over the world, some of them hit under the table when you said get on a stage and talk about your breast cancer (laughs) because public speaking is one of the most terrifying things for so many people. Talking about their cancer is terrifying, but talking about their cancer on a stage in front of people where people are expecting to laugh, we just lost probably 99% of the audience with that. It's so funny. And I'm with you. I mean, I love constructing jokes where people just 
would never expect to laugh at something so serious. And yet I can have them break. Well, I think it's funny because at first you'll see some people just burst out because they're just so shocked. And then some people start laughing, but then they're not sure if they should be laughing because it's so serious. So then they stop themselves from laughing and check what other people are doing. It's really interesting. It is. And clearly you and I wouldn't expect the majority of people to do that. I was doing comedy and blurting things out on stage well before my cancer diagnosis. So it came naturally to me, but having that outlet and you're absolutely right. The people there's, I would say the gaspers, the, oh, I have to comfort everybody. Like, no, it's all fine. It's all fine. But to get to do that selfishly releases so much for me. And I don't think a lot of people have the luxury of being able to just blurt things out and get them out there and then turn them into jokes. That's quite a gift. Yeah. Not a gift that I can do it. I don't mean to, I'm not pumping myself up. I'm just saying I recognize that it's rare to be able to do that. And I consider it a gift that I have the platform to do that. I I didn't even want you to qualify that because you are so talented and you do have a gift, not only as a comedian, but as an unbelievable human being. And I'm just so honored that I get to talk to you and that you use tumor humor. We talk about it all the time on the Beating Cancer Daily podcast. There is a sense of humor about cancer that I certainly developed at hyperspeed. And that's the whole tumor humor challenge. But Missy has discovered it and let us peek at her tumor humor as she's gone through all these episodes with us. And I know you have to go because you have an early show today. You told me you have an early show and I'm so excited that you're going to get to go out and perform today. So I don't want to keep you too long, but I just really want to thank you, Missy, for coming back yet again. And I make you promise every time that you will come back again, that you'll share with us what you're working on in terms of your comedy and also where you are in your survivorship. And so I'm going to make you promise again. I pinky promise. (laughs) Absolutely. Again, this is such an honor and a joy for me. I love speaking with you. When you're listening, I hope that you are feeling a little bit of warm inside your heart when you listen to this. And thank you so, so much. I'll definitely be back. (laughs) If you want to catch more of Missy, she has a live Facebook show with her comedian husband, and you get to have a weekly date with them on Tuesday nights on Facebook. So you can find Missy Hall on Facebook, but the best way is go to comedycures.org and either record a message to me or write a message and just say, hey, I want more Missy. The other thing you can do is just type Missy into the search engine wherever you listen to podcasts or at comedycures.org on the podcast page and all our episodes will come up and you can go back to episode one 
and track all of these discussions. Some of them are so fun. I loved the one we just had on time last week. So if you missed that one, definitely catch up on that one. Have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community. So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is? It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the Membership Circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.